God wants to do a new thing today. In fact, he doesn't just want to, he is doing a new thing. Isn't that good to know that he is always doing a new thing? Pastor, I'm 90 years old. How many more new things can he do? You're still breathing, aren't you? God's doing a new thing in your life, whether you're 9 or 90 or anywhere in between. Because God is always doing a new thing. How many know somebody maybe in your life that uh, talks about the past? Maybe they have a trophy sitting on their mantle somewhere because they threw the winning touchdown of the high school playoff. And they hearken back to that. I mean, the guy's 70 years old, and he's still talking about when he was 18, you know? That was the peak right there. It was all downhill from there. Maybe you won some award or something, you know? And you keep hearkening back to that. You live in the past. Maybe you had a nice job in a nice city with some good friends in a good neighborhood back in the day. And now, not so much, maybe. You're in a new city. You've been here for five or ten years. You're still trying to figure it out. People make fun of your accent because you're not from around here. You know, that sort of stuff. The good old days when people used to be more friendly and the country had greater morals and there was a more of a fear and of respect for God in the good old days, back in the day. And There's nothing wrong with hearkening back to that, but if you live in that time, if that's where you are today, then it tends to kind of mess up this new thing that God wants to do, doesn't it? Richard, can you come up here? I'm going to use you and uh, uh, Ishmael. Brother, come on up here. I'm going to let you come on up here this morning. I'm going to let you do this, right? He's like, let me? I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, come on, buddy. Just stand right here. You don't have to do anything other than just listen to my instructions here. Okay, Richard, I want you to be the past. I want you to grab my arm. Both of them, both arms. Yeah, both hands. There you go. And I don't want you to let me get... Now, don't turn my arm off, right. But at the same time, don't let me get away. I like this arm, okay? But you're my past. And you're the new thing. You just stay right there. And I want you to stay just out of arm's reach for me. No matter how close I get to you, you can reach out for me, but I don't ever want you to let me get to you. All right? Because... I want to get to this new thing that God has for me. Stop it. Because right here is where this new thing is that God has for me. But I'm just stuck in the past. And I, I can't, I, I, he won't let go. But try to get away and it's still not going to let me happen. Because this new thing that God has for me, it's just right there. But I'm living in the past. Now you are too. You're strong too. <laughs> okay, let go for a second. Seriously, let go. Yeah, stay right. <laughs> Isaiah chapter 43 says, Forget the things of the past, forget those former things. You guys stay right here for just a minute because I'm going to use you again. Don't even dwell on the past. Don't, don't let it hold on to you. Go ahead. Forget those things. Don't dwell on the past. Stop it. What's the next part of it? See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Don't you perceive it? 
I'm making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. So our goal is, is to forget those things of the past so that I can get to this new thing that God has for me. Because he's standing right here for us today. And he's saying, I got something new for you. And I'm not going to do it. I am doing it. Go back to verse 18. See, I am doing a new thing. Not I will one day. But it's kind of hard to get this new thing done and experience it when all you're doing is being held on by the past. You know, last week we looked at that, that, that whole thing about baggage. And that's kind of what Richard is representing this morning, that baggage. And as much as this has wheels on it, it's a little easier to tote. Truth be known, it's really more like we're being held on and locked in and we can't get away from it. A lot of people came to the altar last week and they laid down their anger and their regret. They laid down their wanting to be... They had some vengeance in their heart that they laid down, revenge, unforgiveness. All of those things were laid down at the altar last week. I want to ask you, have you gone back and said, all right, I'm going to let it hold on to me again? Or have you made the decision to say the past is the past? So I want to ask you this morning, have you left the past in the past, because that's the idea is that we need to leave the past in the past. Now, what happened to me, for good or bad, is in the past. Now, have you ever thought about this, that sometimes we like to go back to the past because it's safer for us? Think about it. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I have no idea what this new thing is. I know that it's been promised and it's actually happening right now. But I'm actually a little more comfortable, even if the past was hurtful and was uh, binding me and it wasn't pleasant. At least I know what to expect in my past. So I, I, I tend to go back to the past because I'm comfortable with the predictability of it. I can't change my past. What happened in the past is the past, for better or worse. But this new thing that God has for me? Mm, not really sure I want to do that. There's a story that's probably one of the most famous stories in the Bible that speaks to this, about the children of Israel when they were in bondage in Egypt. We all know this story. We look at Exodus chapter 12, and after the Ten plagues that hit the, 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 the Egyptians, the last one being that all the firstborn were killed on the Passover. Pharaoh finally told Moses in Exodus chapter 12, he said, get up and leave my people. You and all the Israelites, get out of here and go worship the Lord as you have requested. And so we know the story. They were given favor and they got a bunch of gold and silver on the way out too and and all the children of Israel took off. And where'd they go? To that that God has for them, this new thing. And it happened to be out in the wilderness. And they were out there roaming around, and God provided for them the pillar of fire at night, the cloud at daytime leading them, the Red Sea parting. Think about that, the Red Sea parting. I mean, that's a miracle right there. 
the manna from heaven, they fed them, God fed them every single day. And even with all of that that was going on, we finally get to Numbers chapter 14. And God showing up all that they did. And finally, these, these spies went out to check out the promised land. And they came back. And all, all the spies but two came back and said, oh, there's giants in the land. We can't go. Only Caleb and Joshua said, hey, our God is bigger. Our God is greater. This new thing that he has for us is a good thing because if God before us, who can be against us? He's on our side and he's doing a new thing. It's the thing that he's promised for us. And God is well able to fight our battle for us and help us to overcome. But the other spies said, yeah, no, we're scared and we're going to hold on to this slave mentality that we're in right now. And in fact, they even got to the point, Richard, where they said, we don't want to go into this new thing that God has for us. We want to go back to being a slave. We want to be held on again. Even though we knew how hard it was and how uncomfortable it was and how unpleasant it was, we didn't like it and God rescued it from us. I still want to go back. Because sometimes the past is more comfortable than it is the future, this new thing, because at least I know what I'm buying in this past. Right? So Numbers chapter 14, here's the response. They, as a group of people said, that night all the people of the community raised their voices and wept out loud. Keep going. And all the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron and the whole assembly and said to them, if only, if only, if only, hold me, if only we had died in Egypt. Oh, if we could have just been a slave in Egypt and just died there. Forget the new thing. If only we could have just gone back, just regretting. I just want to, that, that trophy, you know, that, 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 that award that I got, that even that abuse that I had when I was a kid. If only I could go back to that because at least I know what's going to happen there. Or, or, or at least we can die in this desert right here. But we don't want to go there to this new thing. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and our children are going to be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And so they said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. They were determined. That's what they wanted to do. Of course, we know the rest of the story. Moses responded back by saying, I'll tell you what. I'm going to start all over with you. And then Caleb and Joshua are going to let them go into the promised land. And this whole generation, 20 and younger, or rather 20 and older, is going to die off before this new thing. And all the rest of you that are 19 and younger can go into the promised land. But you guys are going to have to die off. It's an awful story. What a lost opportunity for this new thing that God had for them right then and right there. A land flowing with milk and honey. Now we may look at that and say, boy, that was pretty dumb. I would never do that. But yeah, we do the same thing. Galatians chapter 5 verse 1 speaks about this because the Holy Spirit said to us today in this generation, it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. So we need to stand firm then and don't let ourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. But to do that new thing, because God has set us free so that we might be free, and he whom the Son has set free is free indeed. And that freedom is that we might enjoy this new thing in him. 
What are our giants today? Well, pastor, the price of gas is pretty high. That's a pretty big burden. I get you. I mean, we've been the last two years going through COVID. That's been a big burden. And what that's done is it's brought in fear and it's brought in anxiety and depression has set in. The counselors, they can't keep their books. You know, it gets filled up with people coming in for count. Drug use has increased. Uh, uh, suicide has increased. Loneliness is there because we get isolated and we get, we get fearful because we're not, we're not, we're not looking to this new thing and we're thinking it's a bad thing that God is doing, but God is in this whole thing, by the way, that's been happening in the last couple of years. And many of us have said, oh, if it was only 2019 again. You know? Oh, I remember the days before this whole COVID thing said, and then we were being having to wear masks and isolate ourselves and having the shots and all this sort of stuff that's going on. Oh, back in 2019. Now, those were the days. But see, God's doing a new thing. And just because it's not pleasant, just because it's not comfortable, just because we're confused, just because it's stressful, doesn't mean that God's not in it. So what's the giants in our land today? Oh, I don't want to do, I don't, I don't want to go to that new thing because there's giants. There's, there's all the stuff that's going on with this war in Ukraine and, and all this other sort of stuff that's been happening the last two years with COVID and, and all this, this agenda that's going on and the narrative that's happening in the politics and in the world and the Antichrist is rising and, oh my goodness, what's going to happen? I just want a 2019 or 19 whatever year you want to put on there. Whatever decade you want to put in there. Back in the good old days. But God's not back in the good old days. He's not there. He, he's, he's building precept upon precept, truth upon truth, line upon line. His prophecies are being fulfilled. But today, he's doing a new thing. Don't you perceive it? Isaiah 43 asked that question. Can't you see it? Are you discerning? There's a group of men that knew the signs of the times in the Old Testament. And they knew what to do according to that based on what the Holy Spirit was giving them inspiration and discernment to do. Today is the day for us to be discerning as well. Let the past be in the past and stop holding on to it. And let's hold on and grab hold of what God has for us here today in the now. Philippians chapter 1. Verse 6 says that he who has begun a good work in you is faithful to complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. What day is that? The rapture through the tribulation. He's going to come back the second coming. He's going to set up his earthly kingdom for a thousand years. And he's going to, at the end of that, going to set up his, a, a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwells righteousness. Kelly and I were talking about this yesterday. Imagine a place where there's no violence, there's no murder, there's no greed, there's no lust, there's no dishonesty, there's no nothing of that. Jesus is going to reign and rule in righteousness. And we're going to be part of that. So let the past be the past, but also let's also know that our best days are ahead. Our best days are ahead, folks. I don't know if you're hearing this on the news. I don't know if you're hearing this anywhere else, but you're going to hear it from this pulpit today. 
and be reminded of it that our best days are ahead in Christ. This new thing that he has for us. I'm going to forget, love you, Richard, but I'm going to forget you. I'm going to forget the things of the past that you represent today. I'm not going to let them dictate me. I'm not going to let them define me. I'm not going to let them control me. I'm not going to let them hold on to me, not anymore. I'm moving away from that. I'm turning my back away from that. And I'm keeping myself fixed on the author and the finisher of my faith and this new thing that he has for me today and for you today. We look at these new things. We think, what is this new thing? Well, I'll tell you what. Heaven sounds like a pretty good place these days, doesn't it? And I know many of us are getting on up in years and we got more years behind us than we maybe have in front of us before that happens. But again, God's doing a new thing. So as long as you got the breath of life in you, God's doing a new thing. One day heaven, a land more than flowing with milk and honey. A land where the least thing is what we value the most. Meaning gold has been relegated to pavement in heaven. So imagine if that's the criteria for, for, for wealth and value and, 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 and wonder. That it starts with gold being pavement. From there it goes up. And there's going to be a place where God is going to dwell in righteousness. There's not going to be any more anger, unforgiveness, greed, dishonesty, lying, murders, war. No more of that that we're experiencing today in the world is going to be in heaven. I look forward to that day and folks, it's going to happen. And what we're seeing happen today in Russia, Ukraine, with all that's going on in the world today, just the last couple of years, it's all it is is prophecy being fulfilled. Hear me today. Prophecy is being fulfilled. Just know this. Don't think, oh no, what's happening? What's happening is that prophecy is being fulfilled. And God is making sure that it takes place because Jesus is coming back. Mark my words today, if you're listening online, if you're here in this room today, Jesus is coming back. What do you mean by that, Pastor? I don't know what you mean by Jesus is coming back. He came the first time when he lived on the earth for 33 years. He came because he needed to die for our sins because we are a sinful people. And Satan would have us be wrapped up in that sin and that past, and he would try to bind us and live in that place that he would have us. John 10.10 says he's come to steal and kill and destroy. That's his plan for us. But God has come that we might have life and have it to the full. This new thing that he has for us today and every day that will eventually culminate in heaven. And I believe that trumpet could sound today. And what I mean by that, if you're not sure what that means, is there's a trumpet that's going to sound that only Christians are going to hear. The rest of the world, I think, is going to hear this kind of this rumbling sound like, what is that? But it's, our ears are going to be spiritually tuned to this trumpet, you know? And our soul is going to connect with it and respond to it, and we're going to be caught up. It's called the rapture. It's not a fairy tale. You may have heard about this before, but it's documented it's real it's in the bible it's going to happen it's a one in all of history event and it's going to happen in the twinkling of an eye and he's going to catch up his bride the church him being the bridegroom he's taking us away and we're going to have a wedding up in heaven <laughs> it's going to last seven years 
And while we're having a celebration and a wedding up in heaven, all hell literally is going to break, break loose here on this earth in a time called the tribulation. Where God's wrath is going to be poured out. What's God's wrath? I thought he was a loving God. He is. But he's also holy. And his holiness mixed together with the sins and the unrepentant sins of the earth. You put that together and it, and it creates a wrath mixture. You mix those two together and it comes out wrath, which is simply the holiness, the holy judgment of a righteous God on the face of the earth and the unrepentant people of this earth. And seven years, it's going to be poured out. Read it in the book of Revelation. Again, it's not hyperbole. It's not fairy tale. It's fact. It's going to happen. And I hope that not one person in this room will be here to experience one second of that. Because once the rapture takes place, the Holy Spirit will be removed from the earth as well, and it will create a vacuum wherein the spirit of Antichrist will fill that spot, and Satan is going to have his time in the, in the, in the, in, in the light for a period of just a few years. But then Jesus is going to come back at the end of those seven years, and he's physically, literally going to come and place his feet on the Mount of Olives, and he's going to just open up his mouth and then armies of the uh, of satan and the enemies of god will be wiped out by simply the breath of jesus christ and we're just going to watch it happen <laughs> that's what we had to look forward to not that satan's going to get his just desserts which he deserves every bit of it but that he jesus has a place prepared for us and you think about it if it takes uh nine months to make a little sweet little baby it takes about six to nine months to build a house. If it takes just a few months to build something you see that lasts for, you know, hundreds of years, maybe. Jesus has been preparing a place for you and for me for 2,000 years. Yeah, imagine what that place is like. So that's what we had to look forward to. The best is yet to come. Folks, the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. But not just in heaven, but also while we have the breath of life on this earth, the best is yet to come for us here today, right now. This new thing that he has for us is not just heaven one day, but it's also life more abundantly here on this earth. And you touched about that at the beginning. Oh, I don't know about that, Pastor. Well, I'm sorry, is God a liar? Does God's word lie? That's what God's word says. And I choose to believe in that. Now, I'm not some sort of name it and claim it kind of guy. You know, I'm going to get this, so God, you better give it to me. That's, my, that's what I'm expecting, this new thing that God has for me. Uh, I love what that, mission, that, that youth pastor said. Uh, the goal is to fill up heaven and make hell empty, you know. And, and that's really what he's called us to do. He's blessed us to be a blessing. He's equipped us so that we can go out into the harvest field. He's, he's calling us to make a difference. This new thing that he has for us is that he would equip us to not be bound by the junk that Satan and the past would try to bind us down with, but that we'd be free from those chains that would shackle us and be free to be equipped. This heavy yoke that we're dragging around, we're leaving it here, and we're going to be equipped with that light yoke of being a blessing, because he's blessing us to be a blessing. This new thing is to tell others about Jesus, to empty out hell and to fill up heaven. Now, you know, you'll probably hear some pastors say, yeah, and also to get a really nice house and a really nice car and a really nice this and a really nice that. Whatever. I'm not going to argue with any of that stuff. 
That's not my goal. That's not my priority. That's not what I'm looking at because my idea is that I've never seen a U-Haul stuck behind a hearse with that stuff in it. You know, it's going to stay here. It's going to rust. It's going to corrupt. It's going to fade. It's going to get blown up. It's going to melt in the, in the, in the apocalypse anyway. Who, who needs it? But what I can do to make a difference today is souls for the kingdom. I can empty out hell and fill up heaven. I can make a difference. This new thing that God has for me is to not to dwell in the past and be bound by all that junk that would try to keep me in slavery. But I'm going to go to the promised land that's filled with milk and honey in heaven one day, but also to tell others about Jesus. The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. Well, pastor, how do we do that? 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 5, chapter 5, verse 7, rather, says, we walk by faith and not by sight. Now, Ishmael, it's going to be really hard for me as you are doing this new thing, you're representing God in this new thing that, that I can trust you because I, I would love for you, in fact, to give me a blueprint. Can you give me a blueprint? Can you give me what's going to be happening? I want to see the whole thing laid out in front of me. You know, if I'm going to let go of this here, you know, I've already loosened my shackles, but I'm still trying to, you know, figure this thing out. And so I know I need to walk by faith and not by sight, but wouldn't it be cool if God laid out a blueprint for us? Wouldn't it be a whole lot easier? And this is going to happen tomorrow. This is going to happen next week and the next month and the next year. And this is what's going to happen in your life. And God, God, God tells us everything is going to happen from now until the day we take our last breath. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah, we think it'd be cool. But guess what? And this is going to be really bad news to all of us control freaks out there. And we know that that's not going to happen. Because then we can't walk by faith. We're actually walking by sight. God wants us to walk by faith and not by sight. And so that's why this new thing, this promised land, this flowing with milk and honey, this, this, this forgetting of the past and letting the past be the past and grabbing hold of what he has for me in the future is, is hard in my own strength because I want to be in control. Uh, I, I want to order my own steps instead of the steps ordered by God. I want to be able to make the decisions for myself instead of God making the decisions for me. I, I, I need, though, to trust you and that you have my best interest at heart, God, and that that new thing that you're doing for me is going to bring glory to your name and strength to my life and purpose for my life. See, God's purpose for us is not just to make a living, but it's to make a difference and, and, and for us to fulfill his purposes, his predestined, God-ordained purposes in our life. This new thing that he has for us. I'm going to have to walk in faith. You know, a lot of things that happen in our life we really don't have control over anyway. We think that we do have control. We don't. Did we have any control over Putin invading Ukraine? Is it affecting us today? Did we have any control over this COVID thing coming into our world the last couple of years? Did it impact our lives? bet it did. We got to realize that when things happen to us, we can't control everything. In fact, truth be known, we control very little. So wouldn't it be better, instead of being a control freak, to really just step back and say, wait a minute, I'm actually better off walking in faith and not by sight and leaving it to the person who has actually been to the end of my days and is coming back to lead me. 
Ah, does that make more sense? Instead of me wandering around in the darkness or going back to what I'm comfortable with, that slavery of the past, that place that I'm more comfortable with because it's predictable, that's really not a good option, by the way. Many of us take that option, but it's not a good option. So let me just encourage you to don't even, don't even consider that option, okay? Make the decision to say, uh, no, I'm not going to let the past dictate my future. I'm not going to be bound by that. I'm not going to be a slave. I don't want to go back to Egypt. I don't want to go back to the predictable, to the good old days, to whatever it is. God doesn't live in the past. In fact, I, last time I checked, the time machine has not been invented yet. Have, have you heard anything about that? I have. If he wanted us to go back in the past, he would be, it would be, it would be on Amazon right now. You can order it. It'd be here tomorrow. In fact, it'd be here yesterday. <laughs> anyway, we'll have to get into that one a little bit later. But no such thing exists. Because he doesn't want us to live in the past and he doesn't want to listen to the, there's nothing there. He's a God of the now. He's a God of the future. He'll use our past. He'll take our past and redeem it. But he doesn't want us to live there. So, you know, what kind of trophies do you have on your mantle? What kind of trophies do you have on your mantle, right? Well, what sort of things are you living in the past? What sort of things are you holding on to because you're comfortable? He says today, let it go. Just let it go. I mean, truly, you laid the baggage down. Now, now leave it there. Let the past be the past. Say that with me. Say, let the past be the past. Say it again. Let the past be the past. But it, it, it's just such good old days, Pastor. Why are you making me do that? I'm not. I'm telling you what God's word says. Because I want to see you do well. I know that I need to do that too. I mean, there's people that I've talked with before. <laughs> you probably have too. Where they, they love to hark. I used to work at PTL. And there's several of my friends that, it's like that was the highlight of their life. It's like, come on, it's, it's 2022. We're still alive here. We, that was a great time. It was a great season. But that's not all there is to life. That was like 30-something years ago. It's, let's move on, you know? Because I want that new thing that God has for me today. How about you? Yeah? Yeah. And I have no idea what that looks like in individual lives, but God does. And he's ordering your steps in that direction. But in order for me to do that, I've got to let go of what I'm sure of, the sight even of the past, and walk in faith to what God has for me in the future. One more example. In John chapter 20, the only guy of all the disciples that didn't see Jesus alive after he rose again and he appeared before the disciples was Thomas. Poor Thomas. He's really gotten a bad rap. Call him Doubting Thomas. He's just, you know, oh, you have little faith and all of that. And again, truth be known, <laughs> we're in that same boat because we're like Thomas today. We're like, I really want to hold on to this because this is more comfortable. And unless I see the nail scars in his hands, unless I see the, the, the spear in his side, the hole in his side, I will not believe that he rose again. And then Jesus showed up a couple of verses later to Thomas and said, hey, you put your hands right here. And you put your hand right here. Now you see me. Now you believe me. And then he turns to all of us here today. And he says, you saw and you believed. Blessed are those who don't see and still believe. That's walking by faith and not by sight. And that's where he wants us to be today. Walk by faith in Christ and not by what you see with your eyes, what you hear with your ears that's going on in the world. Stop reading the stuff. 
Stop listening to the stuff. Stop getting sucked into the agenda and to the narrative of what's going on in the world today. Stay focused on being about our Father's business in this new thing that he has for us today. I want you to give Ishmael and Richard a big hand for standing up here this whole time. Thank you. Yeah. So how about it? How about it? How about it? How many are struggling right now to hold on to the things of the past? And grab hold instead of the things that God has for us in the now. Because you see, as Richard was holding on to me earlier, if you notice, I was just close to Ishmael grabbing him, but I never could touch it. I never could get there. And that's, you, you can't live in the present and what God has for you if you're holding on. You've got to let go of one to grab hold of the other. That's God's plan. That's God's purpose. That's God's desire for our lives today. Would you stand with me? Father God, we thank you for giving us so many examples of your word and human nature is such to where really we don't change. The children of Israel, that was thousands of years ago, but they were human beings just like we are today with the same doubts, with the same fears, with the same longings, with the same things in us that were in them that makes us want to gravitate back towards the things that have bound us and enslaved us all these years. Lord, we, many of us let it go last week. And I pray that today you'd help us to let the past stay there in the past. And Lord, we thank you that you're doing a new thing for us. And yeah, we look forward to heaven one day. And it could be today. We hope it's today, really. That would be wonderful. But Lord, in the meantime, until that trumpet sounds, we have a job to do. We have a new thing for us to experience in you today. It's not yesterday. It's not last week. It's not last year. It's not 30 years ago. It's today, this new thing. Lord, we thank you that you're building on those things. It's a journey of faith, certainly, but we're not going to get stuck when church used to be a certain way 30 years ago or when the nation used to be a certain way 30 years ago or when my family used to be a certain way 30 years ago or when anything used to be 30 or 40 years ago that's the past nostalgia is way overrated Lord today you're doing a new thing and we thank you for your faithfulness in the past for bringing us to where we are today but we want that new thing I pray Lord God that you that you place in us a desire for that new thing. But in order for us to do that, in order for us to experience it, I pray that you give us the courage to walk by faith and not by sight, to let go of the past and grab hold of what you have for us in this new day, this new thing. Well, that may look so different in so many different ways because you've wired us all so differently. We're very unique in so many different ways. And so... Lord, let that manifest, whatever that looks like. And let that, as it manifests, give us purpose and direction, give us strength and hope, give us peace and joy. And may it bring glory to your name. Lord, 
end result of this is help us to empty out hell and fill up heaven. Help us to walk in such a way where we know that you're not confused or upset or worried or surprised by anything that's going on in the world. But it does seem like in the last few years that the accelerator is being pushed down and is happening more quickly than ever before. And we know that your return is soon. And it feels like it's speeding up on us. That that, that, that exit ramp is it, it, fast approaching. So Lord, may we not coast into that exit ramp, but may we be engaged. May we keep it in gear. May we all the more, Lord God, be about our Father's business and, and experience that new thing that He has for us today. And then tomorrow, that new thing that He has for us tomorrow. God, that's what we want. Help us to let go of the past. Let it stay in the past. Heaven one day, but life more abundantly here on this earth in so many ways. So we walk in faith and not by sight.